Welcome to the Reading Aloud Podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. And a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. All right. Welcome, everybody, to uh, Reading Aloud Podcast. And I am super excited for this podcast because we are going to be talking about one of the most amazing people I've ever met, my wife, Marisol. So we were talking the other day about we do this podcast and people love it and people love hearing our conversations, but they might not know a ton about us. And so we wanted to record episodes each on what we do outside of the reading aloud world, outside of this podcast, what we do for work. And, you know, you've mentioned your your work a little bit, but we're going to jump into that today. Is there anything right off the bat that you're super excited about? We're just at this really divided place in the world right now. And, and we're not even just divided in half. We're kind of splintered. And yeah. a lot of the work that I do, and I'm not going to spend time talking about it from this meta perspective, but it is. It's about the splintering off of self and the body from how we show up in the world. And so I'm excited to use my passion to talk about this in a way that I think everybody will enjoy. Awesome. Well, hopefully questions that I ask can bring out that passion. I don't think it's going to be that hard knowing you. So let's see where to start. Well, one thing that I really love about your business is the way that you have brought together these kind of two separate fields of fashion and therapy in ways where, you know, I think my understanding of fashion has just evolved so much because of your work. And one of the things that you say and have said a lot is every single day we have to get dressed in the morning, unless you live in a nudist colony in Florida and then you don't. But every single day we have to get dressed in the morning. Why not make that intentional or why not enjoy it? And that just aligns so much with kind of our philosophy in relationship and life and communication. Like if you're going to do it and it's meaningful and it happens consistently, do it with intention. So I, I love that aspect about it. So, you know, I married my expertise in and love of fashion with my, you know, I used to say decade plus years as a therapist, but I've think I'm like going on like 15 yeah I think I think I'm at like 15 yeah so yeah and I'm specific- always counting that on my on my LinkedIn profile I'm like okay two three you know whatever how many years well it's hard when you're <laughs> young you know young and first starting off those years are not only the experience that helps you build that expertise but it's also your credibility and people look at that and recognize that and so It's important that we have that many years of experience because it really has enhanced the way that both of us do our work. Yeah, so it's my 15 years going on of work in the field of trauma healing in particular. And so, you know, when we're talking about fashion, I talk about it, like you said, about how we show up in the world. And a lot of that has to do with how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive our bodies, knowing ourselves, knowing our bodies. And, you know, I work a lot with folks on branding as well. So I do styling for branding photo shoots. It's also like what we know about our businesses and how we feel about them. And there are therapeutic elements in all of it. I think when I explain it to folks, they they get it right away. They're like, oh, right. Yeah. That's so incredible. It makes so much sense. Right. Well, it's, and, it, and it strikes me how much that like <laughs> typical fashion styling, I'll say, has seemingly not incorporated it in the past. And so people are getting kind of these what to wear, what's in season, what's on trend. 
and that's totally devoid of who they are as an individual, what's going on in their life at the moment. And those things actually matter in wearing clothes that actually make you feel good and represent your highest self out there in the world. And so your combination of this, which is, in my sense, kind of taking this healthy body movement and the all-inclusive sizes, and and you're going to explain that much better than I can, but like, you know, this kind of new approach to clothing and fashion, but adding a professional therapeutic lens. And so you bring that expertise that I don't think anyone has in the fashion world. So cool. Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate that. I feel grateful that there is a bit of a movement happening right now because, you know, what I've always said and what I've always felt is that anybody at any age, at any size, at any form of gender expression or any type of, you know, any part of their business or any mood, any feeling should be able to dress in ways that make them feel comfortable and they should enjoy getting dressed. And unfortunately, the industry, the fashion industry hasn't always catered to all people of all sizes and all gender expressions. And so I feel like I've got a little bit more on my side when shopping for people. But regardless, even without that, it's about feeling confident to express yourself in whatever way. And so often people come in and they're like, I want to know what fit looks best on me, or I want to know what color suits me the best. And and at the end of the day, it, it you know, all those things are really important. That's when I say, you know, my expertise in fashion. So those are the more technical pieces. But at the end of the day, it's like, that's not actually what matters most. What matters most is that you enjoy getting dressed, that you feel confident in what you wear, because that leads to you feeling confident in everything that you can do. Yeah, that's so powerful. You went to school for social work and, you know, you got your master's degree but you've always kind of done fashion work. Like it's it's also in your blood and it's what you've done. I mean, you've told me you've been kind of doing this with friends, which I think on the side note, it, it is really interesting how many entrepreneurs and businesses get their start from things like that because they kind of just start doing it on the side or they're doing it because it's passion. That's why we call these passion projects. And you've always had a passion for fashion. Tell me more about that. Like, you know, where did that come from? So I created an e-course a couple of years ago that one of the first things that I invited people to do during the course is to talk about their style story. What I encourage is, is that you look back at where do your ideas come from? Where do your ideas about your body come from, about what you can and cannot wear come from, about uh, where you can shop or what things you like or don't like, because people don't realize how much the world has influenced what we think about ourselves. And I think we can easily say that. But then when you start to to tell your style story, you start to realize like, oh, I never really even thought about it that way. I never realized that I thought that I could only wear dresses when I went out at night or, you know, that I was supposed to wear black or the black was slimming is, of course, one that people think about a lot of the time. So when I think about my style story, one of the, the highlights of it is that I was always encouraged to wear whatever I wanted to wear. So I had that opportunity to really get creative and to practice my self-expression, which meant that I went through many different styles and kind of archetypes or personas. Like I had a grunge period, I had a goth period, I had a punk period, you know, and I just, I I played with all of it just to see what fit. And so having the freedom to do that was a huge part of coming to understand myself. And now, um, and it's always evolving, but now my style is very much me and I have no questions about that. 
do you feel like one of those periods influenced you more than others? Just because I've seen some of the pictures of the periods and, and I don't know. I feel like some people do have those certain periods and then like how much of them carry well, Do carry you through. think one influenced more than the other? I would say for the most part, probably like some of the punk stuff carried through. Um, although when we go up, I see the goth. I see the goth coming out. You love to put on like kind of like dark vampy. eye, yeah, yeah, vampy kind of makeup. I mean, it looks amazing. You, you know that that's also that's also synonymous with glam, like glam, hyper, hyper right. glam. Yep. So anyway, I was just curious, like, like, did you, do you do you feel like you have a particular affinity to one of those groups? You know what I think about honestly is that I was able to tap into my kind of feminine sexuality really young, and you know I think parents, rightfully so, are really afraid of the harm that is done to young women and um, the ways in which young women aren't respected and are mistreated and taken advantage of. But you know my parents didn't seem to have that same kind of fear, at least not like when I would come out wearing pretty scantily dressed. I mean, I, I distinctly remember having a wide cloth belt that I would wear as a skirt. And I wore it out. I wore it out often. And I think that being able to express myself and to experiment with that divine feminine side of myself without feeling afraid or without yeah. having a lot of shame. Yeah. I mean, I remember being postpartum, like really newly postpartum, my body, you know, I still looked pregnant and I wore a black spandex cat suit out to dinner with you and like that's what I mean it's like at any stage my body is beautiful as it is and I'm welcome to show it as is you know like if I want to show it off I don't feel inhibited I, I, w I wouldn't say I don't have like a single social expectation that I've internalized of course yeah. I have a lot actually but that's one of them that has really been a big influence for me I always feel like I can be sexy yeah yeah that's awesome it, it makes me think about your clients like are they coming to you with these kind of stories or understandings or do you feel like most people come in because they're literally wearing sweatpants and sweatshirts and they don't know what else to put on or is it a is it a variety yeah it's definitely a variety I mean I think especially through the pandemic people have gotten in a little bit of a rut whereas at first it felt really fun and freeing to be like wow I don't have to get dressed up I don't have to think about it I can just be comfortable and I can still get my work done and then over time it's like right well that's one expression of myself like I love my sweatpants too they're really cute but that's only one expression of myself and that's only one mood and that's only one part of my life is the uber relaxed at home loungewear. So especially now as we enter into our second year, uh, closing out our second year of the pandemic, people are feeling like, okay, well, even if I'm going to wear like I'm actually, I just did a lot of online shopping with somebody for really cool loungewear. The the market <laughs> yeah. heard yeah. that we yeah. needed cool, right. fun, bright colored loungewear. I think the story piece is really interesting because some people say it's like the first thing out of their mouth is like, I've always been told to blah, 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 but they certainly don't always have a solution for what to do about it. And, I, and their hope is that I will walk them through that. But it, it's also 
story gets discovered, like we'll be talking and all of a sudden a tear will show up for somebody or an awakening or like an aha moment will show up for somebody. And, you know, they, they're like, wow, I didn't know that I've been living with this idea for so long. I had another client today that shows me a picture of a pair of pants. I said, well, you just, you definitely need to size down. And they size down. I was like, pants are still too big. And they, they just like, they don't have, they're getting to know their bodies in a new way. They're like, I think I've been buying my clothes too big always Mm -hmm. because I think of myself as this way. And it's just interesting because people get to know themselves. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. One of the things that that brought up for me, you know, you talked about like an aha moment and I feel like being right next to you in this work, it was kind of an aha moment for me. So, so one of the ways I always looked at fashion was with this kind of disdain or disgust, really pushing back on the consumerist aspects of it and wanting to be, I mean, we joked, this is a little bit of a side story the other day. So I bought my first vest. No, I bought you your first <laughs> you, vest. You bought me my first vest. And I was like, I've never owned a vest. And you were like, why? And I was like, no, well, I knew. I knew. I knew. I knew. I was like, I've never seen this man in a vest. And then I was like, there's got to be something to this because this person is very intentional. Yeah. And I mean, vests are like right up your alley. They're outdoorsy. They're often like they come from REI often or L.L. Bean or like they're intended to be an outdoor experience. And you didn't own one, like not even one. Not one. No. Other than like a suit suit vest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, well, it was because why would you invest in something I knew, I knew that, was that didn't have sleeves <laughs> that was meant to keep you warm? It just made no sense to yeah, me. It's, I was like, well, I'm going to get the jacket because the jacket has more uses than the vest. So this is why I bought you long swimming pants. Because long, why would you buy, why would you buy, Wait, what are long swimming pants? Well, I want to know, why would you like, buy shorts when, why would you buy half a pant? Because, huh? Why would, uh, you buy, uh, why would you buy, because it's hot. Because it's not always freezing for a jacket and sometimes you don't want your armpits covered. <laughs> yeah, but then, then you just get a lighter jacket. Still got arms. No, that's why they have holes all in right. them. I, I stand corrected. Why do you buy best, shorts? All, why best, do you buy all best lovers out there, I apologize. For my for my short sightedness of no arms. Tell everybody how much you like your vest and I why. I love why? my vest. I love my vest. It's great. Keeps you warm. It's stylish. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like an added layer of warmth without like so much bulk and heat. Exactly. Perfectly said. You should sell vests. We need to start another <laughs> business. <laughs> Well, I'll say I didn't, of course, own my, I mean, I didn't even have like a real jacket until I moved. We bought, let me tell you about the first puff jacket I bought. So I I had never had, I had had sweatshirts and probably as a kid, I had some jackets, but I bought my first jacket when I was moving from Texas to, to North Carolina in the mountains. And I went to, at that time, Urban Outfitters was really cool and cutting edge. And I went to Urban Outfitters and I bought this diesel jacket which is expensive. Get it, girl. Yeah. But, you know, you're investing in a puffer jacket. Anyways, I wish I still had it. It, I, I really wish Wait, I still had it. do they really it. call them puffer jackets? Well, I never thought that either, but then I had a bunch of Is clients. that like a hip name for a smoking no, jacket? No, so, so I had a client be like, then I got this puffer jacket and I thought, oh, that's cute. And she was like, and this puffer jacket and this puffer jacket. And I was like, 
that's really cute. And then I looked and they're called puffer jackets. They're all called puffer jackets. That's what it's called online. That's what's yeah. called on the tags, online. Wow. Every, it's a puffer jacket. Learn something new. That's good. That's and good. that was at least four years ago. So I feel like it was. It's so you bought this diesel puffer jacket. And then I got to Warren Wilson. It was huge and it was, it was way too big. And then I realized it was from the men's section and it looked terrible and it was not flattering at all. And then the other thing I bought was a REI brand fleece. And I thought it would be cool to spend less money and buy it from the kids section. And my wrists were out. And I was either too <laughs> too warm or too cold, and I only got wool. You socks bought like, like four a you ago. bought like a quarter or what do they call it? Like a three quarter, like a baseball tee yeah, sleeve. Basic. So there's our stories about puffer jackets and vests. No, what I was saying was my aha moment around this. Like I always saw fashion as kind of more of a burden, I think, and because of the consumerism aspects, because of the just the ways in which it was this vain it was seen as this kind of vain thing and so because of that kind of rebelled against fashion a little bit like I'm gonna wear whatever I want to but at that same time I knew it was there like I always liked to dress up and I but I never had clothes because I never spent any money on them and I and I think my overarching point is my aha moment was just realizing that when I actually, when I put intention into what I was buying and how I was thinking about what I wore, like it brought out this side of me that feels so good. And one of the really interesting sides of me about my kind of fashion style is I really like preppy, which I'm not a preppy person, but I like preppy styles and looks. I just feel natural and good in them. And, you know, I'm not like, I don't, associate with that kind of aspect of our culture but I like it and it makes me feel awesome and I go about my day and I'm I feel good and I'm better in my relationships and I'm better in my job when I'm dressed like that so anyway that was just my relationship to it and I think that's an interesting thing to think about is like the cultural backing behind preppy like maybe wealth or conservative uh, mindset or maybe particular hobbies that are associated with preppy or particular likes or dislikes it's like I think that's interesting that's a really good example of wearing what you want to wear and enjoying what you wear despite what other people may think putting yourself into this box that oh I'm this way, so I have to dress like this. Exactly. And so I will say you've always had a great sense of style. And I work with clients all the time on working within their budget. And I think it's great. Like when people come to me and they say, I only want to shop resale, which is also known as consignment. So things that have been previously used, there's great online versions of that. There's good in-person versions of that. And it can be really important for folks not to actually contribute to the consumerism piece, or they want to buy ethically made or sustainable or considering human rights. There's lots of different considerations, which I have thought a lot about. So you know, I really want to say again that it's not about the consumerism component. Now, if we're going to redo your wardrobe, we may purchase some things to kind of get you set in the right direction. But also one of the things that I talk a lot about is buying quality clothes. So if you buy quality clothes, you don't have to replace them very often. And quality clothes can last a lifetime as long as they continue to fit and are well cared for. So it's one of my favorite things is the myth dispelling aspects of it because mm, that's powerful, people yeah. get really caught up up and and again rightfully so because there are so many societal expectations around looks what i continue to want to remind people is it's just about enjoying getting dressed because you have to get dressed every day which is where we started so i want to ask you a question how do you 
and you got to be really honest on this and it might be a tender one, but like, tell me what you think about me and my style. Like not only the choices that I make, but the way that I choose to get dressed or how I purchase, like, tell me like, so that I can maybe evolve a little bit. Okay. Good question. Um, I think you have, and this just off the top of my head, I'm just going to go with it. You know, often people talk about the breadth and the depth of something. And I think that your style does a really good job encompassing all of that. You have the breadth of style. Like I've seen you wear clothes that are, say, very business oriented, like very business feminine blouse and a nice pair of pants or something. And at the same time, just be super youthful and crazy and, you know, your hair wild and a crop sweater or something like that. And you definitely have not boxed yourself in at the same time I really feel like you've gone deep on the areas in which you love like you love colors and patterns and you you kind of know what your colors are like you know you love wearing pink and you love wearing yellows and blues like and and you really go deep with those I think your wardrobe reflects that so I would say you have really good breadth and, and depth in your clothes it's a hard question well it's okay for me to be perfect <laughs> Sometimes I feel like you have to have, you put an overemphasis on having the right outfit to therefore have the experience that you want. And it's a little bit too much tied to the clothes that are on you are how the experience is going to happen. So I guess for me, there is a big emphasis on feeling like I've gotten so good at feeling good in what I wear that when I don't, it can really, like you said, super flavor uh, an experience. If I want to be dancing at a show, RIP 2019 and every year before, <laughs> right? to be nice to do that now. But if I wanted to go dancing at a show or something like that, clothes I could move in would be really key or something I felt like lifted my spirits and got me like sparkles or something like that. You know, and, and we think about that at Christmas. We wear certain things at New Year's. Totally. Sometimes we and, wear sparkles. Like uh, there's themes. And what I would say happens to me is that on occasion, like if I'm in a wrong mood and like, let's say I'm not in the mood to go out and I have to get dressed to go out. And then I'm like, I can't find anything to wear. Then you show up and you're like, damn, I really miss the mark for showing up as my most authentic self. And I've definitely, I mean, I can think on lots of fingers of times when I've let the outfit really stand in the way of me having a good time. Yeah. From yeah. time to time. Yeah, from time to time. And it's that balance because I am in a 100% agreement with you that having the right outfit on can enhance the experience exponentially. But sometimes you're just not going to have the right outfit on and there's some discipline there of saying, okay, I'm going to let that move past that and still have a good time because it's not worth like losing the excitement or the magic of the experience is not worth not having picked the right outfit right well, at the same time. You know, I tell people a lot like, whatever you wear, you shouldn't be distracted by it. So if it's too tight, it's come up a lot postpartum because I've started putting back on some of my pre-baby clothes and a lot of them are a little bit too tight. And so that's pretty distracting to go yeah. somewhere, like yep. sit down to eat and your pants hurt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we had a, yeah, great, we had a great time with our friends eating dinner. Wardrobe malfunctions can ruin an evening, definitely. Yeah, it can be tough, yeah. But anyways, I think that's definitely something to think about and to kind of balance. How do we enjoy getting dressed and then how can we not make it 
it the sole focus of every experience, obviously. You know, one of my favorite quotes that you see floating around is, you're beautiful and that's the least interesting thing about you. And I would say similarly, what you wear is awesome, but it's also the least, you know, you are the most interesting part about you. And the idea is that you're just asking the clothes to reflect those interesting, beautiful qualities about you and enhance them and be your ally. Mm, That's really special. I was just going to say that I have so much amazement and respect for how you have actually gotten this business off the ground. What are the biggest lessons that you've learned in now doing this work for five plus years? What I'll say is what we didn't share about was how I left my agency job to start this business. And that was something that came with a lot of encouragement from you. I thought I was going to go in a particular direction. I met you. We didn't, you know, not to be overly vague but like it would have been really easy for me to stay at my agency job and you were like no you absolutely have to make this leap and what I feel and this kind of comes back to our relationship is just that in this relationship we both support each other to do the things that our heart calls us to do it's just a a tenet of this relationship heart passion like there's just something that we can't avoid with our heart passion. And so we do it and we do it at, at a cost sometimes. Within two weeks of quitting my job and my health insurance ending, I had cancer. And fortunately, it wasn't the type that kills you. And it was something I was able to heal from and spent many years working on healing my body. But, you know, there was some cost to leaving my job and the security there. And there's also, there's a cost to doing this podcast. This is something that we don't yet make money off of, um, although that is coming out. <laughs> and we don't, you know, we there's just a lot. There's just a lot. And, you know, we put in a lot of work towards our heart passion. I feel like the thing that I've learned the most is that I have to center myself because not every day has been good. And in fact, years of starting this business have felt like, what am I doing? Am I doing okay? Am I doing okay? I hang on to those moments of reinforcement from people who say, that's incredible that you do that. Or every time I used to get a client, it was just like, okay, I'm doing something right. And you have always encouraged me asking people who've come before me, who've created their own businesses. Like, how did you withstand some of the difficulties? And I really center, you know, when I wake up and I do my journaling or my prayer and my meditation and I come back to this work is meaningful to me, then I know that I'm on the right path still. That's what I've learned. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I think just being in my shoes and watching you go through that process and watching you go through the creative process, the learning process of starting a business and how you have showed up every day and not only showed up, but used the things that you're teaching people on yourself mm-hmm. to create the the business and the lifestyle and, and everything that you want to, you know, how you want to show up in the world. It's really been inspirational. And I know that you're inspiring a lot of folks out there. What else do you want to share about how people can work with you or get in touch with you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if you don't already know us and you didn't know that I did this work and you're really interested to learn more about it, you can easily follow me on Instagram at Soul Reflection. And that's S-O-L. That's the last part of my name, my first name, Marisol. So Soul Reflection. And you can follow me on Facebook at Soul Reflection. You can always shoot me an email at Marisol at Soul Reflection. And I also do free 15-minute style consultation calls. So you could use that time to talk about 
working together more or you could use that time to pick my brain for 15 minutes. I mean, you use it however you want. And then just knowing that I work a lot through inspiring people through social media, but I also do one-on-one work with folks. The thing that I've really enjoyed working on the most in the past few years is are these branding photo shoots because I find that when people are trying to represent themselves and their brand and they're showing up, they've like paid a photographer and they've they're really like putting some effort into building their business and their visibility to be able to align because you know you can look really superficial in photographs and you can look really uncomfortable and you can be overdressed or underdressed and to really help people align their style with their soul and the soul of their business and so I love that but the deepest work that I do is this one-on-one work and I call it my, my best girlfriend program so I become your best friend and we really deep dive into your style story we uncover who you are wanting to be how you want to grow into your style and how you want it to evolve I go through your closet and then I shop with you and among a few other things, but I'm there for you as your best girlfriend and your biggest cheerleader. And I work with all sorts of people. I work with men, women, non-binary folks, and I'm working with everybody, older, younger, et cetera. Yeah. I had a unique opportunity recently to work with a young woman who had leukemia to be able to support her as she was losing her hair to finding ways to teen to ways that she could feel beautiful. So I helped her pick out some blessings and some lipsticks. And it was just, you know, that's the deep therapeutic work. That's the really incredible work that I have the opportunity to, to do. It's just, this work is my heart work. Yeah. Wow. This work, it's truly impacting and changing the world for the better in ways that I don't think people expected or, or fully realized. Changing the world through fashion, I, I know there's a lot of people that could make a case for that, but the way in which you're doing it is is so unique and so powerful. Mm-hmm. Just thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Thank you. And I just want to say that, you know, you supporting me, you encouraging me to leave my job. It's like February and I was on a work trip and you were like, you have to leave your job by June or something. And I was like, no, you gave me some short turnaround time. And I'd been there nine years. And I was like, no. And I left in the fall and you supported me. And you kept saying to me when I would be like, am I doing okay? Is this okay? I'm not like up and running yet. And you were like, it's only been two weeks. And you said that to me for about two years. Like it's only been a year. It's only been two years. And you said that, I think maybe up into five years, Yeah. (laughs) whenever I would have questions about my growth or like, is this going to work? And and now, of course, it's a booming business and I'm just so invested in my clients and they're invested in themselves and it's just incredible. But get yourself an atom, get yourself a support like that because it just means the world. Thanks, babe. Well, I love you. Thanks. Love you. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.